In this episode, I share five ways to improve your mindfulness practice. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist obsessed with the polyvagal theory. Nothing traumatic or re-traumatizing this one. Pretty, pretty simple, straightforward episode. I'm on justinlmft.com. Check it out my blog, and I thought I would talk about this blog entry in particular. Five ways to improve your mindfulness practice. This actually appeared uh, first in my quarterly ebook, which I'm sending out to my only to my email subscribers and my patrons. So every quarter of the year, so every three months, there will be a free ebook that I send out, which has one or two brand new articles and maybe a few, two or three of, of my favorite blogs that came out in maybe that time span. It's a free ebook. It comes in the EPUB format. I, I read, I can read it on my iPhone and it works really well. It's, it's super cool. It's very practical. You can adjust the size and whatnot. So just sign up for my email list and you will be sent that every few months, uh, SNB quarterly. Mindfulness is kind of one of those overused words, isn't it? What it means at this point, it kind of fluctuates um, just depending on who's talking about it. So let me kind of be clear about what I mean when I say mindfulness. Mindfulness to me is the conscious awareness that you bring to the present moment. It's, it's like an ability. It's the ability to guide your conscious awareness. So mindfulness is not the present moment itself. It's something that you bring to the present moment and that you experience the present moment through. Mindfulness then is, is the conscious viewing of what's happening in the present moment. And that could be not just like stuff in the real world, like outside of you, the external world, but also what's happening within your senses, within your feelings, within your thoughts, and also your somatic, your bodily sensations and experiences. Based on my mindfulness practice and what I've heard from other people that when you're really in the present moment that you can attune to these pieces that I laid out and be in the present moment. And most importantly, you'll do so without judgment. It's really more of a curious watching and being and witnessing. It's this very observational place. Now, when I get to that place where I'm really truly in the present moment and able to sink in with my bodily sensations and my thoughts and my senses, there's a lot of appreciation that comes along with it as well. It's a really, really cool kind of place to get to, to be able to watch, but also appreciate and feel this. I feel this like gratitude and thankfulness when I'm doing it. If you're truly mindful, it's going to be this uh, pretty strong but gentle hold on the ventral vagal pathways of your autonomic nervous system. So that would be the top of your polyvagal ladder. In the ventral vagal pathways, you can access curiosity and appreciation. And I, I have found like both of those, but definitely curiosity to be absolutely central to mindfulness and to being in the present moment. Because if you're not curious about what's within you, what you might find could be met with some reflexive um, defensiveness. It might freak you out. You might, you might shut the whole thing down, right? Not, not your body, I mean, but the mindfulness practice at that moment, you might just stop it. That's what I mean. And when you, when you have that reflexive defensiveness, that's going to come from a defensive uh, flight, fight, sympathetic energy, or even like a dorsal, actual shutdown, dorsal pathways, that kind of shutdown. These five tips would be really ideal, I think, for my Building Safety Anchors course, by the way, as well. In Building Safety Anchors, I teach people how to become more in the present moment with six different, actually seven learning modules, but six of them are specific ways 
to get anchored in the present moment or specific topics like music and memories and senses. So these five tips would really fit in really, really well with building safety anchors. Okay, the first tip is, number one, make it a practice. Mindfulness needs to be a practice. It's um, maybe not something you schedule day in, day out at the same time, day after day, but you know that, that's fine. But maybe, um, maybe it is an alarm that you set on your smartphone or other alarm device. But it could also just be something that you sporadically, like you set the intention to do it more often. And that's better than nothing at all. It might be better than what you're doing right now. But I think making it some sort of practice is ideal because if you just kind of leave it up in the air, that might not be specific enough and you might never get to it. So setting the intention to have some sort of practice, maybe once a week even, to really deliberately sit and be with the present moment as best you can, it might be be best or it might be better than uh, what you're doing right now. And no matter what that looks like for you as far as making it a practice, set the intention and then follow through with it. I try to journal. That's, that's a really good way for me to be uh, mindful. I try to, you know, take a deep breath, let it out slowly, and really kind of attune to myself and being in the present moment. I try to do that, I would say, daily. And it's a very brief, it can be a very brief thing for me. Journaling, I don't do daily. That's, that's maybe once a week, like a really, maybe twice a week, like a really kind of in-depth uh, processing journaling that I do. The, you know, deep breath, focusing, looking inward. I do that throughout the day, I would say, but at least once a day, I'll really kind of like look inward and notice how I'm feeling. And that seems to be a pretty good pace for me. I'm, I'm pretty content with that. But you know, if, if you're on a sports team and you want to get better at something, you're going to practice every day, right? Because otherwise that skill level probably isn't going to get a lot better. Same with playing an instrument, drawing, like really when it comes to anything, practice is kind of important, right? So I, I think it applies to this as well. Being in the present moment requires practice. You have to practice this. And so if the best you can dedicate yourself to is once a day or once a week or whatever it is, like, cool, that's, that's, that's something. And if you're ready for more like dedicated routine, then great, have at it. So practice is extremely important. Number two, start with the outside. The internal stuff, it might be too much for you, right? Especially if you're new to this. If you don't have the capacity to really feel what's happening within you internally, then that might be too much. So those feelings, the emotions that you have within you, the sensations, the memories, the somatic, the bodily uh, experiences, like when that stuff comes up, it, it might be too much for you. So for you, starting on the outside might be a really good idea. And if you have the opportunity to, to practice mindfulness, then you're probably in a safe environment because it's not. You're probably not going to be doing intensive mindfulness stuff outside of a safe environment. Although, you know, taking that deep breath and really just sort of checking in with yourself for a, for a moment could be helpful as well when you're you know stuck in a line at the pharmacy or something, right? But generally, I think if you're going to practice mindfulness, then you're probably in a safe environment. So use that to your advantage and begin with the external world. Remind yourself that you're safe. And then you can start to use your senses to be more in the present moment. So if you're in a safe place, then that's a really good time to use your senses, to use your eyes, to use your ears. If you're in, if you're in a traffic jam, you probably aren't going to want to attune to your sense of hearing. You know, with, if, if people are blaring their horns and yelling at each other and whatnot. That sounds like something out of a movie, but let's just, just run with it. You, you get the idea. 
when, when you use your senses, when you are starting with the outside and you're using these, your senses, direct your attention to the experience of your senses. Smelling a lemon, it's not just a lemon. Like there's, there's, your body will give you a sense of a general like or even like a dislike, a push or a pull. And if, if you really feel and drill down further and like feel what it's like to smell a lemon, you might notice where you feel that sensation or how it makes your body feel or how, how intense it is. You might notice some feelings of ease or dis-ease or an increased likeliness to smile possibly or to even pull away. So start with the outside. And number three here is one thing at a time. Mindfulness can be intense. Again, if you're not used to it or haven't built the capacity to it, then it, it, it can be too much. So one thing at a time might be a good idea, not all at once. The outside world kind of has a lot of pieces to it, right? Hearing, seeing, touching, smelling, and tasting all at the same time is probably too much. I don't, I don't think I could handle all that sensory input at once and really being able to mindfully be with it. So one thing at a time is probably going to be better. Maybe just using your sense of smell. That could be a good place to start. Maybe just using your eyes. Back on the podcast, I released something called Present Moment Present Number One. And that's where I helped you through uh, guided meditation to utilize your eyes as a way to reorient to the environment. So you can listen to that and practice using your eyes to gain more mindfulness. But focus on that one sense and the details, the experience of that one sense as best you can. If you're using your ears, you can start by listening for sounds that are close first and then expanding to try to hear things farther away. So focusing on different depths of sound can give you a different experience and help you to consciously guide using that sense. Number four is find a safe spot. Like I said earlier, you're probably going to be in a safe place when you do your mindfulness practice. But you could also do mindfulness practice outside of a space, safe space. But you, it might be best just to find a safe spot, right? So being mindful in a place that's going to boost your ventral vagal pathways. The place that I feel most mindful would be in my backyard. There's lots of green. So that feels very safe to me. In my office slash recording studio here, I have really designed this to feel very safe to me. There's lots of, this space has like woods and it has a black iron sort of feel to it. There's a golden accents. There's little fake plants. They're, yeah, I'm sorry, they're fake. But these things arranged in this very minimal kind of style that I have going here. It, I, when I walk in here, I feel safe. I also have sound panels on the walls to help me reduce echo when I record. But the sound panels have the added benefit of simply reducing the sound in the room. So when I walk in this space, I instantly hear differently because sound is, is being dampened. The lighting in here is pretty minimal. I would say that I have two main lights for now. I want to add some hanging pendant lights, a couple of those. But I have two small lights that I keep on um, with. And that's really it. I turn off the main light. I have the two small ones on. It has sort of like an orangey soft feel to it. And I love it. It all feels just right to me. I have a, a couple of blankets, throw, throw blankets that I use. I have one on right now as I'm recording to this. I'm wearing my pajamas and I have uh, this throw blanket on. And it feels fantastic. It's, I just, I'm, I'm surrounded by cues of safety in this space. So this space for me, or these spaces, the backyard, my office, 
these are really good spots for me to practice mindfulness. And, and this is exactly where I do my journaling, which is in the office here, or we'll all just sit and meditate and take a, take a deep breath and really kind of like look inward for a more extended time. So yeah, you could practice mindfulness anywhere, but some locations, like I said earlier, like a bus, it might not be ideal. So what I want you to do is notice environments, even in your own home, that are a clear no for your nervous system that are definitely not, not happening here. I'm, I'm out. So those are the places that don't feel safe enough for you to slow down and be curious. And then all, of course, notice environments that are going to be a yes for you as well. And what about these environments? Like I listed for my office lighting, um, minimal meaning there's not a whole lot of clutter in here whatsoever. I, I've, I've done the best I can to keep things off of uh, the desk and put away organized the colors in here i just feel they just feel right to me so what notice what pieces of the environment that are a yes for you and even in the environment or the room that you like the most is there one spot that's more of a yes than the other like i have a couple of chairs in here one of those chairs is more of a yes for me it just feels right more like the angle of how it's facing the room and how it faces the windows looking outside and then what can you do about your environment to increase the feelings of safety? And again, this, I go more in depth in this in Building Safety Anchors that uh, there, there is a, a lesson on the environment and how to utilize that to increase uh, your feelings of safety. And number five here is allow movements. And we, we associate mindfulness with this meditation or still meditation with being still, right? But why? Why why are we limiting ourselves to to being still? Why not while moving? Because of course we can't be mindful while we move. You can bring the same curiosity to your experiences while moving as well. And especially if you have like a lot of flight fight energy, I think movement can be really really helpful. It's a great way to mindfully look inward, feel those feelings, tap into them. And simply by bringing more awareness to them, that can actually help to discharge some of that stuck energy. Now, if you do that while you're moving, I think that's going to have more of an added benefit. But you could also experiment with movement based on what state you're in. Experiment with what types of pushing feels right for you, or even like leg movements, like sprinting or swimming, or just sitting and flexing and releasing your calf muscles. These could be ways for you to mindfully really attune to the experience of your body and how it feels to do whatever it is you're doing. Movement is also a really good way to individualize your personal mindfulness practice and experiences. Your body needs to move the way that it needs to. It's different than mine. And it's, it's different than, than anybody else's. So bring a lot of curiosity to movement. And really, what does it feel like to walk down the street? Or walk around your neighborhood. How does it feel in your feet? And how does it feel in your calves? What's the air feel like when you're as you're moving versus sitting? All these pieces and a heck of a lot more you can bring to your mindfulness practice. So in sum, mindfulness is, I don't think it's a cookie cutter thing. I think we make it work for our unique and wonderful and beautiful individual nervous systems. Take what other people are recommending, because I'm sure you're getting lots of information out there, plus, you know, this one, and try it out and rule it in or rule it out. If it works for you, cool. If not, nix it. 
And don't worry about doing it just you know right or wrong. Don't worry about doing it right or wrong. Just focus on the experience of what you're learning about yourself in the process. Really, like that's what it's all about. When it comes to mindfulness, I think the process is a lot more important than the result. Because in the process is where you become more in the present moment. That's where you practice this is through the process of it. Curious self-reflection and the intentional practice is part of the process. The results, the goalposts, that's going to shift, I think, continually. And I don't think there's ever a final or like an endpoint for that. You're always going to have opportunities for curious mindfulness and growth and learning about yourself. I don't know if that ever really ends. So if, if this piques your interest and you're ready for more in-depth work, I highly recommend my course. It's called Building Safety Anchors. It's really, it's not for everybody. It's for the person that wants to be more in the present moment. And that probably is everybody, but, but it's also the person that is ready to commit and can put in 30 days worth of practice, really learning and practicing, learning, doing, feeling in small doses, not too much. I try not to overload people, but just small doses of 30 days of, of learning and doing and feeling and becoming more in the present moment and finding out what works for that person, maybe you, on the very individual level. And you can learn more about this in the link in the description. It's called Building Safety Anchors and it's on justinlmft.com. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope that it benefited you and your mindfulness practice. Bye.